Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in uh, Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Gville. Gville? Hmm? I assume is it's not a, Gville. I assume it's. I think it's not a soft J. So the, you're you're not abbreviating anything. That's just it's, yeah. it's, It literally is Gville. Gville. Hmm. I drove through this county today. We only want to guess what it was. Well, I was already looking it up, but no. Prentice County. Prentice County between Wheeler. And uh, Graham over in whatever county that is. What what county is New Albany in? Um, it's like a you clip. know what? It's in Union. It's in Union. Union. That's right. Which is up there around. Uh, is that close to like Ekru and? Ooh, let's find out. An Ekru over there somewhere. I don't. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's just just south of New Albany, between New Albany and Pontotoc. There you go. Right. I think I was around that. Well, I was. I might have not gone through there. I went. Did you go to like Walnut? And uh, so I, I Ripley. Took, it's funny. Like maps took me a different way home than it took me there. I was on yeah, oh, yeah. both times. Forty five well, up there took me into Alabama. I went Athens. I went. Yeah, I went past Belmont up to and I me got sixty five. Coming home, it put me on I forty west to Memphis, and then yep. I, I dipped down. And I remember that I remember going that way a few years ago, and dipped down in that Amish town in Tennessee where the, the, the Amish are, because I've I've seen horse and buggies on those roads. And then you hmm. end up on forty five past Corinth, and then Boonville, Baldwin, Tupelo, and then on home. See, I didn't even come that way. I think what screwed me up though is I was coming through. Um, just past the Lexington exit. Yeah. Lexington, Tennessee exit. Yeah. That's where I, you turned. Yeah. So when I was going down that road, I got about two miles down that road and this massive oak tree had just oh. fallen across the road. So I was like, I don't know what to do here. So I started going back and my maps like never, it just kept saying turn around. Yeah. So I got back on the highway mm-hmm. Rode down there, took the next exit, and drove down there. And I don't know if I've ever been that way, but it took me to Walnut, Ripley, mm. place like that until I finally got into Houston and I actually went through Algoma. I'll, I almost stopped at Seafood Junction, but I don't, I don't think they're open. Um, they started Thursday. They would have been. Oh, no. Yeah. It was yesterday. Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. You wouldn't have been open. Yeah. I was kind of upset because I saw the sign and I was like, crap. I. I could go one mile down that road and get one of the best buffets we've ever had mm-hmm. yet again. But uh, I decided against it. I don't even yeah. think they're open anyway. But, yeah, we had a – I was a, kind of a boring ride home, but hey, – A boring ride home is what you want, really. The trip was outstanding. And the, the way the, – when you went up there, you went the same way as I did, I think. Yeah, because I was thinking on the way home I was going to stop at Bucky's, and I yeah. was like, two minutes outside of Nashville. I was like, this is not the same way. But I wasn't going to turn around in the rain and try to get back to. I was like, it's, I'm just going. It's weird how they do that, like how the yeah. how your maps figure out different places for yeah. you to go. But it, it's always that way for me. When I go up, it's different than when I come back. 
So all, all right. said, Strange Brew Coffee House, it's a Bulldog Initiative business. They have great coffee. College yes. Corner, collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. Whatever it is for you, for your car, your house, your tailgate, they've got it. Mississippi State, two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Floyd by the Half Shell. Or, hey, their new location is going to be open next month in Oxford. If you're living in that area, show it off. Go up there and get some Mississippi State stuff. Don't be afraid. Get up in there. What are they going to say to you? Don't buy it? Absolutely not. Take take care of that business. College Corner. And, of course, you can always shop at collegecornerstore.com. Uh, Restaurant Tyler, now that I'm back in Starkville, that place is on my hit list. I'll be there very soon for a great lunch at Restaurant Tyler or maybe a great dinner, maybe a great brunch. Guess what? I can do all three at the same place. That's why it's the best restaurant in town. Corner of Maine and Washington, whether you want lunch, dinner, or brunch, they've got you covered at at, uh, Restaurant Tyler. Back from SEC Media Days, first off, let me give a big shout-out to my, my, my good friends, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and, of course, the GOAT, Houston McDavid, for putting together, I think, what was a great week of content. We've got more of that coming to you today on Sports Talk Mississippi. We had about six or seven more interviews uh, left to play, so we're going to play those for you today, which means, Robbie, that I have to do less work than usual. That's that's a great thing. Yeah, you enjoy that, don't you? Yeah. I, I made Borky so mad today because I was talking about, you know, we put in a lot of good work this week, and I was like, normally my work week is only like 16 hours, and Borky was just like, you son of a... <laughs> Because <laughs> he actually works. So, uh, well, um, by the time people are listening to this, they might just not even want to hear anything else that we're saying, and they want to yeah. they want us to absolutely blast the rest of the media and the SEC. That's, but what are we going to What are we going to do? I mean, so well, that's my question. That's that's what we're going to talk about here in the first half of this podcast. Is you and I went to media days, and yeah, talking to a lot of the people up there, Mississippi State. I will say this. I will say this. I think State has a better shot at being sixth than I thought coming in. A lot of people were like, no, nah, I'm going to vote Auburn last. I'm going to vote Auburn last. And and honestly, that's based on everything we know, that is where Auburn really belongs. Could Auburn be better than that with Hugh Freeze? Sure, they could. But that's where they belong. So State could be sixth, which is still too low, but that could be sixth. My question is this. Do you think Mississippi State changed anybody's mind? Do you think there's any voters who were thinking – Mississippi State was a team they wanted to vote last, and now they're thinking they they're thinking, well, maybe they're gonna be better than I thought. I don't know. I mean, what could they have done? That's a good question. Like, like maybe maybe seeing Arnett for the first time and and just hearing him talk and yeah, yeah. Because I like I just I think people just haven't done any research on Arnett, and they just assume that this was just a lazy hire by Mississippi State just promoting the defensive coordinator, and they just don't expect anything out of it. And he may very well be a failure at Mississippi State. We we don't really know. But I continue to think that's not going to be the case. I'm, I just – I have a feeling in my gut that he's going to be successful here. And um, I also have a feeling in my gut that State's going to be picked last by the mm-hmm. SEC. And, you know, one thing that I think is a good point that I've seen made by a few people is, you know, somebody's got to be last in, in the West. That is correct. And, and I think and, that's something that people don't think about is that you can't vote everybody not last. It doesn't necessarily mean that. And like I, I've, I've come around a little more to that. I've considered writing a column kind of showing people how wrong the media usually is on Mississippi State and showing where Mississippi State ranks among the rest of the SEC because I I just don't feel like there's a lot of people that have been exposing this narrative, um, at least outside of, you know, message boards or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't think there's a lot of people that that have put the numbers out there and said, you know, here's where Mississippi State is as a program since they really started to turn things around after Sylvester Green. Because when you really di- dive into the numbers and you see where Mississippi State is, and I know the history of the program is not great. it's It hasn't been a program over the years that has been super successful. But all we can look at is what's happening now. It doesn't matter what Mississippi State was doing in the 1970s or the 1960s. All that matters is what they're doing right now. And what they've been doing for the last decade plus 
has been consistently stacking six to nine win seasons and going to bowl games. And most of the rest of the SEC, outside of the Bamas and the LSUs and the Georgias, has had a lot higher well, a lot lower lows than Mississippi State has. Mississippi State has been far more consistent, and I don't understand why they don't get the benefit of the doubt. Right. Nobody talks about Arkansas like they do Mississippi State. Arkansas has the worst program in the SEC West since 2013. So why why do people not bring that up? They have a losing record over the course of the last decade. Mississippi State – has won, I think, 20-plus more games than Arkansas has. I don't understand why that stuff doesn't get brought up. But every year, this is this is what we have to deal with. Yeah, and it, it is weird, and it's it, – it almost it, – it feels like sometimes a lot – a lot of – me. there are a lot of older media members, right? Now, when I say older, I mean older than me. Guys, you know – like Bob Holt, who I'm not accusing of of being a lazy reporter or anything, but there are a lot of guys his age and older still in the media. And those guys, they, when they grew up, Mississippi State was a terrible football program and mm-hmm. was on the same level as Vanderbilt in this conference. And a lot of times that that's just sort of uh, it's, it's difficult to uh, it's difficult to let go of that. It's difficult to. Um, how can I put it? You know, allow yourself to um, to, to to change and, and to 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 accept the fact that things are different. Whereas with Arkansas, now, which is funny about this, is that Ole Miss was terrible in those times too. Yeah, but Arkansas was good in those times. Texas A and M and Auburn good in those times. So maybe maybe it's just a mindset thing that people just can't snap out of. But if that's the case, then you know. Me personally, me personally, if I if I made a prediction that every year was wrong, I would be embarrassed. If I said every year, if I came on this show or came on here, I was like, guys, this I don't know what y'all are seeing with Alabama. Like I don't I don't get it. I've got them fifth. I mean, what, Bryce Young, a, a freshman, he's going to be able to just come in and do that? No. And I keep, I mean, every year I'm doing this right. Every uh, Mac Jones, yeah, Jalen Hurts. These guys are losers. You know, I would be embarrassed at some point, right? Wouldn't I? At some point, I just give up the bit. How many years in a row do you have to say, "Well, Mississippi State, they're they're terrible," and then they turn around and go win seven, eight, nine games? How many years in a row does it have to be before it finally breaks through? You're like, okay, I and how to- do people get into positions of being in national media? regional media or whatever covering college football for a living and and not doing their research and posting articles that are just so wrong in every almost every paragraph Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports yeah that puts out an article the other day Mississippi State is the toughest job in the country I mean in what way Sometimes I, I I get what he's trying to say in that he's saying Mississippi State is a it is one it is the second smallest fish in the SEC in terms of not in terms of enrollment because Ole Miss is a smaller school I'm not counting the medical school I'm talking about on campus enrollment um you know from a financial standpoint I think we would agree that Mississippi State is is well behind I mean they are they are the 13th biggest athletic department in terms of revenue. Uh, and we, I mean, and we, I can't say 14th because I don't know what Vanderbilt is. Um, I mean, I get kind of where he's coming from, but at the same time, state has been to 13 straight bowl games. They've been ranked number one in the nation. They've produced a fleet of high level NFL players with three different coaches. This job is not more difficult than Kansas. It's not more difficult than Vanderbilt. It's not more difficult than Duke, than Stanford. We watched Joe John. Moorhead, who we consider, and you know, at, at the end of the day, a failure. Yeah, he was here for two years and fired. Mm-hmm. 
He went to two bowl games and, and won the rivalry game against Ole Miss twice. Yeah. And one year he won eight games. Well, I always so ask it, this, and, and no one can ever tell me, Robbie, why is Ole Miss not a more difficult job than Mississippi State? It's the same job. And yeah. people want to sell me on the glitz and glamour of Oxford, and that's fine if you want if that's what you want to try to sell me on, but I'm not gonna buy it. I'm not gonna buy it for one second. It just shows me that people are are willfully ignorant. Yeah. Um, on top of the fact of being very lazy. Um, uh, you know, and they just basically parrot what other people say. People say that Mississippi State is um, really poor. And, you know, by the SEC standards, Mississippi State is one of the poorest schools in the SEC. That is technically correct. But in the country, Mississippi State, they are is, not yeah. anywhere close to being the poorest school. No. So I, I just don't understand. And then you talk about Starkville's a trash town. It's a dump. And then when you start to break it down, oh, well, they actually have some good restaurants yeah. here. They have some nice people. So, the campus is really nice. Let me tell you something. Uh, you'll, you might laugh at this. I was, we did an interview with Barrett Sali, everybody's favorite guy. And we, we told, it's going to air today on, on Sports Talk Mississippi. After the interview, we're just sort of talking. And uh, I, I made a comment about the money that V Sporto still, still owes us. And I said, I said, if I ever get that money, Barrett, I will drive to Atlanta. I was like, if we ever get that money, I'll drive to Atlanta, and we can eat wherever you want. He's like, no. If we ever get that money, I'm driving to Starkville, and we're going to eat at Restaurant Tyler. Um, I mean, I was like, he was like, he's like, Starkville is freaking good food. Barrett Sali said those words, ladies and gentlemen. He said them. Well, if you I wish actually, I had gotten him on camera. If you actually come to Starkville, and you're with the right people, and you're not on Highway 12 going to Captain D's and McDonald's, and you go with Brian and I, we will take you to some really good restaurants. And some great. And I promise you, unless you're just an absolute liar or you have zero taste or taste buds, you will enjoy the food that you eat. Yeah. So I challenge anyone who has this kind of take on Starville that it's a dump. There's no there's no food there. You'll just go to Applebee's and all that. Please come to Starville and I will make sure that by the end of the weekend your opinion on Starkville has changed completely. But I'm just – I'm tired of Starkville and Mississippi State being treated like a third-world country. I, I think it's I think it's ridiculous. I think the people that do this are incredibly lazy. I think that it shows that they don't value their position and they don't value their job very well because, the, like I said, they're willfully telling people how wrong they are, and I want that to be corrected. But at the end of the day, none of that really matters. It, it's stuff that we get angry about in the offseason. It's, it's things that annoy us. At the end of the day, it's Mississippi State's opportunity here to prove that these people are idiots. Yeah. One and, person- so, and really, for, for like, you know, the last 13 years, that's been proven yeah. almost every year. So one person who thinks I'm an idiot is Mississippi State head football coach Zach Arnett. Uh, we talked to him at SEC Media Days. I want to get let you guys, in case you missed an interview from Sports Talk Mississippi, let's let's hear it now. Richard Cross and I talking to the head bulldog, Zach Arnett. Sports Talk Mississippi at SEC Media Days in Nashville, Mississippi State here today. That means the head coach, the bulldog, Zach Arnett, joins us. Always good to uh, see you. First time around for uh, for this on you so far. How has it been? Yeah, it's been good. I'm just getting started. So it, it's the beginning been, of it. Yeah, they've been kind and gentle on me so far. But, yeah, thanks for having me. It's always good to uh, good to catch up. Is there a level of excitement for, for you guys? Obviously, you're going through off-season workouts, maybe a little bit of time off. But but is this kind of mark, okay, now it's time to go to work? Yeah, I think you ask most coaches, right? For most coaches, media days kind of is the unofficial kickoff to football season, right? I mean, get your competitive juices flowing, get you kind of excited and energized for the work ahead as you go in August and, you know, what you're going to have coming up throughout the fall. So it's exciting. You were on with – or Hey Dad had you on his uh, his radio show not too terribly long ago, and you just pillared him. And it was fantastic. Well, yeah, I mean – Do you guys like each other? Is this – We are we are actually friends. I think. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, none of the fans want, right? They want a little back and forth. Look, he's a showman. He know he knows how to draw. He was he was talking about me drawing clicks. He was helping me draw hey, clicks. Listen, 
talk, you say it all the time in the staff room, right? We don't want a bunch of yes men who just yeah. agree with everything you say. I figured you wanted the same from your I did. guests, right? I 100% you don't did. want just a yes man who agrees with everything you say, See, he, he gets, particularly if it's the wrong he opinion. He gets on there with Kiffin, and he's just like, yes, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, no problem. So <laughs> no, Kiffin won't talk to us. That's right. That's <laughs> right. We get to sit down and visit with you. <laughs> yeah. He don't talk to me either. I see him in meetings. He doesn't talk to me very much either. Yeah. I think that's everybody. I, think, I don't think, I, don't think it's, I wouldn't take that personally. Um, it, it, is there a reality that has set in for you that uh, I, I think right after you were officially named head coach, we talked to you and it was kind of drinking out of a fire hose and trying to get everything going all at once. But now that there's been a little bit of time, has it kind of settled in and the head football coach of an SEC team and you got a season just around the corner? I don't know if I sit back and, you know, maybe thinks as think about things as existentially as that sounded, right? But, I mean, I, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm the head coach of the program, right? I'm responsible for, it, for everything that goes on in it. And obviously, priority number one is you got to get the right people on the bus and in the right seats. And so I'm, I'm really fortunate. we got a staff, and you take our on-the-field coaches, our sports staff. There's over 100 years of combined SEC experience. Uh, and so that's a, a tremendous asset to me and gives you a lot of experience to lean on and bounce ideas off of. So just to show you that I'm coachable, today I've done a bunch of interviews and they've asked me, how different is this offense going to be? And I have had told them all, I was like, I don't think it's going to be as different as you guys think it's going to be, going back to our conversation we had a few months ago. I just had another one of these. I, they let me know that I guess we were taking the snap under center every play. which I Every thought, play. Which I thought was new to me too because I watched. I even said what you said. I made the comment about, you know, it's not like they're running the triple option. Yeah, I took, I, I took what you said and went with it. But that being said, every I think it feels like everybody in this room expects Mississippi State to really, really look different. It's not going to look that different, is it? Well, I mean, I, again, your job as a coach is to identify who your best players are, who your most explosive players are on offense, and then get the ball in their hands and create as much space as possible. Right? There's a lot of ways in which you can do that. Okay, I, I mean, I would probably defer to Will. He's got, he had more experience and time in the air raid than I did. Yeah. I know he's told me. You know, he says, name an offense in the country who doesn't run the wide cross play, an area called 95, also known as wide cross. Tell me an offense that doesn't run four verts or, or three-level flood patterns, right? Now, how you get to them is different and unique uh, depending on which scheme you choose to employ. But at the end of the day, you're trying to get the ball in your most explosive player's hands in as much space as possible. And then the other side of that coin, and people are asking me as well, is how you know how different is the defense going to look? And I feel like sort of the same answer. I feel like there's going to be a lot of similarities, but there will be some differences because it's not you making those calls anymore. I don't think I don't even think it's so much me making the calls as, as opposed to Matt Brock. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be a little bit of that. Just you have different personalities, maybe as a play caller, but a lot of that's going to be because of the, the players who are out on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, we return quite a bit up front, but we're making some. We got some losses. And we got to. Got to get some new guys in the secondary. We, we don't have Emmanuel Forbes out there. We can just put on an island, right, the 16th pick of the draft. Uh, I was watching some cut-ups here recently. I was speaking at a high school clinic, and, you know, we're running zero pressures, and they're throwing the ball over there because it's plain as day to everyone in the stadium that that corner is one-on-one with that receiver over there, and there ain't no one else around. Well, when you got Emmanuel Forbes, you can do that a little bit, and he, he picks it off and takes it back for a touchdown. If you don't have Emmanuel Forbes over there, you don't feel as confident about that, about that call. So, Player, players influence scheme. Right? It doesn't matter what side of the ball, offense, defense. Coaches coaches and the scheme do not influence what the players do. The players influence what scheme you, you, know, you choose to use. There was at least a perception that when the de- you were the defensive coordinator, that that, that was yours. And, and Mike just let you do your thing, and he stayed out of it and stayed away. I, I don't know if that's 100% accurate or not, but that perception existed. I, I'm curious – because That's 100% accurate. 100% accurate. Yeah. Okay. Will you do the exact same thing for your offensive guys, or will you kind of peek into that room and, and keep an eye on how that's going as well? No, I've, I've, I've been asked that question quite a bit, and I usually respond, you know, now I'm a head coach, right, you get this fancy title. I look back at my, my coaching career, my resume. I, I can't find anything on there that proves that I'm an expert in offensive play. You know, I've not been in those meetings learning the fine details and nuance of how to – build and coordinate an offense and so just because i have head coach title i'm responsible for it don't get me wrong i'm yeah. responsible we can't we can't score points but i'm not really sure what that why that makes me the expert because nothing in my experience 
I never, co- I've never coached an offensive position. Now I have opinions on what makes really good offenses. First and foremost, players. Sure. Right. And I understand that every every defense has a weakness. Right. You 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 know that better than anybody as a defensive coach. Right. You make a defensive call. You know there's a strength and a weakness to that somewhere. call. Exactly. Right. And the offenses that hurt you the most do a really good job of exposing those weaknesses. Right. So I have opinions and thoughts on what it is that makes a very good offense. But, no, that would be pretty foolish of me to go in there and all of a sudden go, well, now I'm the head coach. Hey, here's this handful of plays that I really like the teams are running against us. We're going to run those plays now. When we may not be built to run those those plays or that scheme. Uh, that's why Kevin Bell-Ray was hired. That's why the offensive coaches are on that side of the ball have been hired. And, and I guess that's where you kind of addressed that. I might want to push back a little bit because – if you're a successful defensive coordinator, you've obviously studied a lot of offense. I mean, when, when you're building a game plan, but I suppose teaching it and implementing it and deciding what works best in certain situations well, is I'll different. Just, I, I would just I would push back on you. I don't know many offensive head co- coaches, that's their background, who now become head coaches. So they go ahead in critical moments. They call the defense because, hey, they've studied and watched a lot of defense over the years. So, hey, on that, thir- uh, that critical third and long. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and make that call because I know best. I'm an offensive guy, right? I mean. It's like we get a post and a little <laughs> yeah. backside fly yeah, around yeah. and maybe drag somebody so like underneath. You could and, do uh, it, but you choose not to. No, that's the beauty of being the head coach, right? Yeah. Is when you when it's, a, when it's the right call, you get to take all the credit. Exactly. When it's the wrong call, you're going to blame your coordinators. Yeah. Is that how it went with, with Coach Leach? No, like, oh, defensively, no. Uh, just, no, no, just no, screwed no. us up again. All no, right. I, I, had, I had a hell of a luxury on a Coach Leach. I mean, there is not a – there's not a demons coordinator in the country who got more autonomy to do what he thought was best and sometimes make the wrong calls. I'm uh, not a demons coordinator in the country who had more freedom than I did, and so uh, I'm forever, forever grateful for that. And hopefully that'll influence me with how I deal with my coordinators. Commissioner Sankey spoke yesterday, spoke at length about NIL and, and, and where he wants that to go. NIL at Mississippi State has been a thing that it feels like there's been some mo- positive momentum and that you've, you've got the NIL, NIL in the place where you want it. When you talk to fans across the, the state, you know, I know you toured the state this summer, you know, what's the message for them for NIL? Yeah, we're, we're obviously a, a transformational time in college athletics, right? Players, we are all about any opportunity resource to maximize what, what, what players can capitalize on, right? I think we haven't had one of the most loyal unique fan bases and all of college athletics, right? Everyone knows that if you've been to Mississippi State and Starkville, you know it's about the most loyal fan base there is. So that's a heck of an opportunity for for players as they uh, they come to our program, right? And, you know, you hear about whether it's congressional involvement or whatever it is to create kind of a national framework for NIL. I won't go ahead and let the experts, you know, debate that and hash out all those details. Our, our job is to deal with what the current reality is and make sure we're doing everything we can right, to maximize those opportunities for our players and, and to our fan base. And so we put, if you're, a, if you're a supporter of Mississippi State Athletics, the best thing you can do is support the Bulldog Initiative. New helmets, uniforms. Yeah. Do you have any input on that? No, no. I, uh, you know, I, I I'm, maybe, I'm not known I, as a kind of a, I'm not a known as a, yeah, I'm not really kind of known as a trendy hit today. guy. I don't know what the... The latest trends are that, that's that's based on input from our, our players, right? They're the ones who got to wear them. Usually, you, you play well when you feel good in what you're wearing. So that's kind of based on input from our players, our fans, recruits. Uh, I think they all have a, probably a better thumb on what the current <laughs> hot trends are than I do. Richard was. We only have about thirty seconds here, but Richard was convinced you were going to be wearing cowboy boots today. I no, I wasn't convinced. I asked the question. I was like, Willie, I think, I think you thought it was. You're a boots happen. guy, aren't you? A I do enjoy time. wearing them. Yeah, okay. I do. Maybe next year in Dallas. Maybe Dallas suit, next year in Dallas, yeah, you got to wear boots. I don't know if you get outside of Texas, but that's a common or not. I don't know. Maybe not. I guess next, exactly next year. But then he I makes guess. fun of me for not wearing socks. He's so. not wearing socks. It's the summer. <laughs> Zach, appreciate oh, your time. You're always kind. I know. That's what I'm telling you, Coach. Thanks Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks, Coach. Hail State. Hail State. Zach Arnett, head football coach at Mississippi State. We'll be right back. That was Coach Zach Arnett live on Radio Row with us at SEC Media Days. Uh, I, I, I think I survived. I don't, I, I, as I recall, I, I was not uh, subject to any verbal beration. Uh, he was not thrilled with having to shave his mustache, by the way. Why did I he talk, have to shave? So I talked to him before, you know, we got to talk to him right when they had arrived. We went up to the room, had the, the, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, pop out interviews, which I love, by the way. I You can completely ignore all the stuff in the big room, some of the stupid questions that get asked in there, mm-hmm. and you can talk to him yourself. So, you know, he's standing outside, and we walk up, and I said, Coach, the mustache. I I thought that was a killer mustache. You should have kept it. He said, uh, don't worry. I had to do it for today, but it's it's coming back. Why did he have so, to do it? I think he just wanted to look professional, but I'm I'm hoping that's a thing. I, I want I want to see full blown mustache on the, the sidelines from yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. All right. That's a good uh, look. So that's that's Coach Arnett. Great to hear from him at, at his first media days. Great to talk. By the way, I got I got nine and a half minutes out of Woody Marks. Crown me. Yes. He was solid the other day. He was really good. He was really good. I, I and I I knew I could tell I the first question, and this was an interview I did by myself. And the first question I asked him, he was like, Yeah. That was his first answer. Yeah. And I was just like, Brian, you're gonna have to use all your skills, all your powers to make this work. I did the best I could. I thought but he, by the end of the interview, I thought he was, he was really giving good answers. He really made me laugh when he was talking about Will Rogers, the runner. Says Will's got wheels that we aren't aware of. I'm, I'm okay. Let's let's see it happen. Yes, all that available content on the uh, Sports Talk Mississippi YouTube page. Check that out. If you haven't already. Those full interviews are there. Plus, I'll have the Arnett interview up here on the Thunder and Lightning uh, podcast page. All right, let's move on into the rest of the podcast. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef? It's what's for dinner. Robbie and I had some beef this week. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Ro- Ro- Robbie was not ready for that steakhouse. I don't think you were ready. You were not prepared for what we were going to do. I tried to tell you because I was like, look, when we go to this place, it's like it's no holds barred, man. Get what you want and do what you want and you know, just don't dance on the table and we should be all right. And, and then Robbie's in there ordering, you know, uh, uh, oysters and bacon and steaks and everything else. I was Fantastic. That thick cut bacon was amazing. Incredible. It's really good. But the beef was the steaks were the star of the show. And that's going to be the case with any time you're cooking out. It's still grilling season. Fire up the grill and throw some steaks on there. A little salt, a little pepper, and you're ready for some fine eating. Anytime this weekend you're cooking out, you need to be thinking about beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two brothers smoked meats in the heart of the Cod District. Another one on my hit list, Robbie. I got to get back there soon. So do you. You haven't been in a while. I have not. They're probably wondering where we are. They're like looking around like, where, where are the guys? Did they, did they not like us anymore? I think we, we, we you're okay. We still like you. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. We, very soon. we love you. We, we do love you. We love them at Two Brothers. The food, fantastic. The people, even better. It's a great experience every time, and it's smoked Southern soul food. At a Bulldog Initiative supporting business, Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service. That's the thing that every business is going to try to tell you that they do. They really pull it off at Advantage Business Systems. And why and how? Great customer service. That's how you stay open for 48 years. It's trustworthy when I tell you that they've been open for 48 years. So if you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need uh, service on the products that they sell you, you call them back. No 1-800 numbers, no call centers putting you on hold, no out-of-state technicians, just Mississippi people taking care of their neighbors. That's what it's all about. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. It has been hot this week. Cool off with a sweet treat from our friends at Dolce. 509 University Drive, the best sweet treats in town. They've got gelato. They've got milkshakes. And hey, They've got better, they got savory treats as well because you can go there every morning for breakfast, get coffee, get a bagel, go there for lunch and get one of their great artisanal grilled cheese sandwiches. But the ice, the I'm sorry, the gelato, how dare I? How gauche. The gelato is the star of the show at Dolce. So when you want to cool off, when you want to reward yourself with a little sweet treat, head over to 509 University Drive and our friends at Dolce. It's opponent preview time. We've been looking forward to this one. I talked with Matt Ayler. He works for MLive.com and the Kalamazoo Gazette to get his thoughts on the Western Michigan Broncos. Well, I did it. I found a Western Michigan beat writer. It was it was a good search, and we ended up here with our new friend, Matthew Ayler. He covers the uh, 
Western Michigan for the uh, Kalamazoo Gazette and MLive.com. Matt, I, I did some preliminary research here on Western Michigan. And, you know, this looks like a team that obviously we all remember, you know, P.J. Fleck and, and what happened there a few years back. But since he left, this has been a, a team that's been in bowl games. They've had some some solid seasons. And I thought, look at last year, they were relatively close to being back in a bowl game. You know, a couple of, of, of defeats there, that one to the Northern Illinois team that finished 3-9 and nine is the one that stands out as, as the bad one. Can this team this season be a factor in the MAC? You know, that's a great question. Um, there's a lot of new faces. Obviously, it starts with, you know, the new uh, head coach and Lance Taylor. Um, but he's bringing he's bringing a, uh, a new fre- a breath of fresh air, in my opinion. I've been to, a, you know, their spring game um, and a spring or and a winter practice, actually. Um, and I tell you what, the first thing that jumps off the board for me is uh, this this team is going to is going to run with pace. Their offense is going to be uh uh, very up tempo. Um, you know, obviously Lance is uh, the former offensive coordinator at Louisville, um, and he's been the run game coordinator at Notre Dame, which ob- they went to the football playoffs in 2022. Um, and then it all started uh, as a graduate assistant at Alabama, and we all know how um, successful that program is. So, um, you know, I guess the the long answer is uh, they've got a brutal schedule. And obviously, you know, they, they play Mississippi state and, you know, that's, that's why we're here, but uh, you know, they play Syracuse um, and they, they actually have, they go on the road for, I think three games after their home opener. So Mm. we'll, we'll see right off the jump, uh, you know, how, how competitive this group is. I know they lost a lot of talent, you know, um, PJ Fleck brought over some transfers uh, that were standout players uh, from a season ago um, but I, I do like the, the, the energy and, um, the competitiveness of this group. And there's still a lot of talent on this team. Um, Marshawn Nealand is one that stands out. Uh, he was supposed to go to Colorado to join coach prime, but he's back, uh, for his junior year, standout defensive end. Um, and you know, we, there's there's uh, credibility here, you know. Sky Moore, obviously, he, he he's with Kansas City Chiefs. He's a former player, Greg Jennings. So I I think the the standard is there, um, and I think this group ultimately is going to be competitive. Um, and you know, they they beat Pittsburgh a season ago. I think that was one of the first games of the year. Um, so I think this group has it in them, and I think they will ultimately be competitive this season. It looked like from a season ago, the offense was really the issue. You had some games where it were in single digits and just some low-scoring games in general. We'll talk about the guys who who left and who's going to replace them in just a minute, but two quarterbacks played a good bit last year. When you look at the depth chart, um, I'm going to try to get these names right, Trayson Borquette and Jack Salopek. I, I assume those are the two guys who are coming into the season battling for this job. Who's going to end up on top? That's a great question as well. Um, both have seen um, some significant time this spring. Um, I would give the slightest edge to Salopek. He's received a little bit more of the bulk of snaps um, with the first team, especially in the spring game. Um, and he's just a little bit more experienced, uh, played more of the snaps last year. Um, but Borgay, he he's got a little bit of uh, kind of like an improv kind of scrambling ability, kind of makes plays when they're not there. Um, that I saw, especially in the in, in the in the winter practices. Um, so, you know, I, I give the slightest edge to Salopak, but I wouldn't be surprised if Borgay was there. Um, and it's going to be it, it, both of them are going to have to adjust because uh, this is a new offensive coordinator, brand new offense. Um, Billy Kosh comes from Richmond. Um, and that was a, uh, air raid attack. They put up over 30 points a game, cracked the top five, top 25 in the FCS for total offense. Um, so, you know, I talked to both of them and they're really enjoying, um, just the, the difference in, like I said before, the tempo of this new offense sounds like the, the tight ends are going to be more heavily involved, maybe split out, out wide. Um, so they're having fun. Um, but I would say I would say Jack's probably the the front runner right now. You hit on it a second ago. Minnesota really damaged Western Michigan in the portal, taking Sean Tyler, their leading rusher, a thousand yard rusher a season ago, and their leading receiver Corey Cruz had almost nine hundred yards receiving. 
both headed yeah. to Minnesota to play for P.J. Fleck. Who replaces those guys? That, that feels like really big shoes to fill for, for a Western Michigan team. No doubt, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm still I, – I started this job in February, so I'm still learning. Um, but, you know, I, I think uh, one name to, to look out for um, – in the backfield especially is Zahir Abdus-Salam. Um, he broke off a 75-yard run from scrimmage in the very first play of the spring game. Um, I think he's a he's a he's a dude that's hungry um, and is most experienced out of out of that young backfield. Um, and then uh, you talk about Crooms, you know, obviously he's leaving, but Jelani Galloway, I think he he could be one to to be on your radar. Um, I know he's probably the most experienced out of that group as well. So um, there are some playmakers. Um, and I did uh, talk to uh, Blake Bosma, who is uh, a cool story. Uh, he's the starting tight end. He's a he's a um, preferred walk on um, and he's expecting good things this year um, coming into his junior year. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think there's there's definitely some talent around there um, to, to look out for. And I think the running back room has definitely got something to prove. You mentioned a, a little bit earlier, but two years ago, this Western Michigan team went to Pittsburgh, who the eventual ACC champions, first-round quarterback and Kenny Pickett, and got the upset there. If you look back over the past few years, they've had some competitive games with Syracuse. They had a competitive game with Southern Cal, an 11-win Southern Cal team in 2017. Coming to Mississippi State, obviously it's their first trip into SEC country. What are they? You know, what are the two or three absolute keys for you that they have to have to pull off a, a G five P five upset that we've been seeing more of in the past few years? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, they have to start fast, right? I mean, you can't go down uh, early to a team like Mississippi State. The SEC is just, uh, you know, by, by and large the the most talented in a division in all of uh, college football. Um, and y- you got to be able to get, create some turnovers too. You, you have to be able to, to, um, to, to withstand the tide. And uh, the thing that kind of gives me a little bit of confidence is this, this group sounds like they want to score points. Like they're, they're not going to be a team that, uh, you know, just is just, you know, looking to run the ball and just control a game. Um which 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 I think could could give them uh, a little bit of trouble uh, and, you know, just have one of those, you know, 45, 42 games just like Pittsburgh where, um, you know, they can just kind of keep up with them. Um, and, yeah, I, I think those keys definitely are, are at the top. When you, when you play one of these kind of games, obviously there's a great check involved for the for the group of five team and you, you want to come down here and get the win. But for Mississippi State versus Western Michigan, what what do the Broncos want to take away from this game? It's in the middle of the season, so it's kind of in an odd spot. This is normally a kind of game you would think we played week one or week two. How does that affect them having to play this game in the middle of their max schedule? Yeah, it's 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 going to be tough. Um, it, like I said earlier, they don't, they don't start uh, with an easy easy task at the beginning. Um, but you know, I think playing a team of that caliber uh, can only help you build towards what they eventually want to become with this new coach um, and, and just be back to where uh, the standard was before of PJ Fleck and, you know, um, winning the Mac and, and having such great success Um, playing these kind of teams is only going to get you there. Right. You know, I, I think that's, that's probably the number one thing is no matter what the outcome is, if you play these kind of teams, you're you're ultimately going to get to where you want to go. Interesting to discuss the air raid offense because if there's one team in the country you would think would have an idea of how to slow down an air raid offense, it would be right here in Starkville after the past <laughs> three seasons with, with Mike Leach. So should be a very interesting matchup in the middle of the season. Looking forward to it. Matt Ayler from uh, M- MLive.com and the Kalamazoo, Kalamazoo Gazette. Thanks for joining me, man. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. I got to tell you, Robbie, the saga of their transfer portal, and I know you haven't heard the interview yet. So their leading rusher and leading receiver both transferred to Minnesota to play for P.J. Fleck, the former Western Michigan coach. That is a brutal way of life. Yes. So I'm, trying, yes, I'm just trying to think, like, I mean, it could. I, I guess it could have happened. I mean, imagine if Kiffin had gone to Auburn and Judkins and 
I, I don't know. Uh, Jalen Brown had gone with him, you know, which was the rumor at some point. But it was. But Ole Miss it, people seem to believe that it would be um, Alabama where he was going. I don't well, know. I'm just trying to make the point that I imagine if I mean the, the 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 sour grapes would never end between those two schools. But Western Michigan, I guess that's you know sort of the life of a of a group of five. And that's a thousand yard rusher and an eight hundred yard receiver that they're going to have to replace. But it sounds like they've got some veteran pieces. I feel like they can maybe be a factor, you know, in the MAC and can certainly get back into a bowl game. But as far as coming to Mississippi State, it's just going to be one of those situations where if Mississippi State plays at the appropriate level, they're going to walk away with a pretty easy victory. Yeah, I mean, no offense to, to Western Michigan at all, but this is a game that you, I mean. It's it shouldn't even be close, right? If it is, probably got some issues. Yeah, um, you know this is the uh, this is one of those games out of the four non conference games that you feel really confident about going into it. Mm-hmm. You feel like those are the games that you count on, and then you try to find a way to to steal three or four conference games, and you're in good shape. But this is a team that last year wasn't great. They didn't play very good competition either. They come from a conference that shouldn't be competing with the SEC. So, I mean, it's a game State should win. Yeah, and I, I would expect handily. <laughs> handily is what handily. That's what Robbie Falk just said. Handily. So, all right. Now, now let's see. If assuming we were one week ahead, who could I have talked to next week? I could have talked to any number of people because we'll be talking about Alabama. Yes. So. I was. I talked to uh, normally on the show when I want to preview Alabama. I have our good friend Michael Casagrande, the Big House, comes on with us, but he has moved to a, a more of a columnist kind of role uh, at AL.com, and they have a fleet of new and young uh, Alabama and Auburn uh, beat writers as well. So we will have we will make an attempt next week to have a brand new face, someone we've never talked to, will be on the podcast with us next week to preview. The Alabama Crimson Tide. Great to be back in Na- from Nashville. Glad to be back in Starkville. Uh, and don't forget, I'll be in. Uh, what? Where am I technically going to be Saturday? What, what is the technical geographic location? Um, how many? Somebody, uh, do you say I'm going to be outside of whatever town? Well, you'll be outside of Philadelphia. Okay, very good. Uh, you'll be at the Neshoba County Fair, which is. In between Philadelphia and I think Dancy is okay. the name of the little community. Okay. So uh, no, not Dancy. Not Dancy. I'm sorry. Dancy's in uh, Webster County. Um, what is the name of that? I can't remember the name of that little area. Let me Starts see. with a D. Let me see if I can find it here for you, buddy. Uh, Dancy. Dixon? Dancy is what Dixon. Okay. Yes. Dan, I, I feel like an idiot because Dancy is in Webster County. And well, that's okay. That's around where I live. So but here's yeah, what I Dixon. need from you right now because I, I've never been to the Shelby County Fair. Yes. If people want to come out and say hello, what do they need to do? To, to see you? To see us. To see me. To see so, us, Robbie. Us. We're a team. So we are going to – Should I should I disclose where we're going to record? Well, but I, mean, I don't want people, people to are, come there, but they that they might can come see us afterwards. Why would we not want people to come where we record? We've been telling them where to come where we record. Well, we're recording tour. in a cabin. I mean, we can't have well, I mean, fifty they, people come in the cabin. They can't come in the ca- you can't come in the cabin. But if you if we're outside, you you see what I'm getting at. So we're going to see the Crosswhites. Uh, every a lot of people remember Chad Crosswhite pitched for Mississippi State in 2000. Uh, late 2000s, 2007, maybe 2008. I can't remember exactly how long he was there. He was on that College World Series, was a pitcher on that College World Series team in 07. Mm-hmm. He played for Ron Polk. Uh, so we're going to talk to Chad, of course. Um, hopefully talk to his mom, Jane, who uh, is uh, part of that family, the Williams family that runs Williams uh, Williamsville. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll hopefully talk to her about Williamsville, such a – Great history and tradition there. Okay. We'll talk to I'm Brent Johnson from Superior. We'll we talk to Brent Johnson. We're going to talk to one of the pins. 
yeah. about pins. They're frying uh, catfish, catfish at the at the County Fair. That I believe Brent told us that is the the biggest restaurant in Mississippi selling Superior catfish. Yeah, gotta be. So, yeah. uh, and that's that's always a must stop for me when I go to Neshoba County Fair. Get me a, a catfish plate. They got some great catfish, so we'll talk to them. I'm hopefully uh, we're going to get talk to a couple other people that I'm that I'm trying to line up. Okay. And then we're I'm going to take you around the fairgrounds. Mm-hmm. We're going to walk a little bit. This, I can't wait. Well, this will be this will be your your. You usually take a, a couple okay. mile walk yeah. every single day. No, I'm going to take one anyway. So I'm going to get I'm going to get some big steps in on on Saturday. Do you want to do both? Yeah, because you can because you can really put. Now in what some time steps. What time are we get we kicking this off? So we're going to be I think at Williamsville around nine forty five. Oh, I, well, I may not be getting a walk in. I'm not only getting up at six. In the no, I, believe me, you can get your steps in here. Plus the sweat that you're going to have from walking around. Yeah. It'll be a good day. So uh, I think around 945, we're going to get a Williamsville. We're going to see the good people there. Um, the Williams family. And, you know, they have an incredible uh, store there in Philadelphia. Then we'll head up the road. They got, you know, they got the, the, uh, the heart of Dixie triathlon. So we might run into some uh, some uh, some runners and bikers on the way up there. Hopefully, okay. Okay. hopefully we uh, we 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 All don't right. get caught in that. But after that, we'll get there. We'll probably record. I'm guessing around ten thirty, eleven, mm-hmm. and then Brian and I will 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 make the loop. And if you see us, come say hey. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. I, I don't really know how else to yeah create like a. You know, I don't want us to go stand in the middle middle of the pavilion and say, "Okay, we'll be here," and look like a bunch of idiots when nobody yeah. comes and say says hey to us. Yeah, like two people show up. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll here's the, here's we'll the fans of thunder and lightning. All right, sounds good. All right, looking forward to it. That's two weekends in a row: Saturday, thunder and lightning. But we will have that for you live from the Neshoba County Fair as Robbie and I wrap up the catfish tour presented by our good friends at Superior Catfish. Guys, have a great weekend, and we'll be back with you. Uh, Saturday's podcast will once again count for Monday, so Robbie and I will be back with you on Tuesday. Thanks for – oh, I take that back. I take that back. Let me think. Hold on a second. We'll talk some MSU sports. We'll talk what happens with the order of finish and the all-SEC team on this podcast Saturday. So we'll we'll, we'll throw that in. So Because I was going to say, we need to talk about that, but we'll just do it on Saturday and back on We've we've already discussed that – we're willing to make this podcast. If it runs a little longer, we're yeah. good with it. This is the last what is runs a little tour? longer. We've had a two hour podcast before. Yeah, but our normal podcasts are usually 35, 45 minutes. They have to be at least I, 27 and a half. Exactly. Yeah. So if this one runs a little longer, this is our last one on the Catfish yeah. Tour. Blow it out let's a little blow bit. Blow it out. There you go. Let's, let's there talk you go. to some good folks. Let's talk. Bring it in, tour. man. Let's All go. Right. All right. Talk to you guys later. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.